Hello and welcome to another episode of Visit the Zoo. Today we hear about the spotted hyena, we try to guess three mystery animal sounds, animal, zoo news, and a lot more. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Visit the Zoo, and I am your host, Frederick Fishman, and I'm the author of the 12-book Visit the Zoo series that's out in print and on Kindle and also audiobooks and a DVD. And I want to tell you right off the top here uh, something exciting that we've done here at Visit the Zoo. I've taken all 12 books and I've put them into one volume. All 12 books. The volume is about 410 pages on Kindle, and it's a it's a pretty big volume. And it's a lot less expensive, by the way, to buy the volume with all 12 books into this anthology than getting them individually. And I've just put them up on Amazon Kindle. And I put on a new cover, and I did some other changes on the inside, and I think you'll like what you see. The new anthology has just been released. I did that yesterday, and it's up on Amazon. And if you want to take a look at it, you can go to Amazon.com and type in the search bar my name, which is Frederick Fishman. Last name is spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N. Or just go to our main Visit the Zoo podcast website at Zoo Animals. That's plural. ZooAnimals.info ZooAnimals.info And at the bottom right, you'll see a link with a new cover for the uh, anthology, the Visit the Zoo 12-book anthology. So check that out if you can. And we also have two other websites that you can take a look at. My main author website is at FrederickFishman, F-I-C-H-M-A-N.com, FrederickFishman.com. And we also have a Patreon site if you want to support everything we do here at Visit the Zoo. And that is at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Visit the Zoo. Patreon.com slash Visit the Zoo. Okay, let's get started. And let's start with our zoo news, and we have three stories from the world of animals. The first story comes from the UK. The publication is uh, Dismercury, and this comes from the UK. And it's about ten threatened species that they've got on special display at the Banham Zoo. One of them is... uh, By the way, this zoo is celebrating its 50th year, so congratulations. It's a popular tourist attraction. It's known for its conservation work. And here are 10 of the threatened species that they're really concentrating on. The first one is the Amur Siberian tiger. And the endangered species is the largest of all the big cats. It's believed that there are only 250 in the wild. The other is the Grevy zebra, uh, which is at the Banham Zoo. And they are an endangered species, and threats to zebras include loss of habitat, which is common, hunting diseases such as anthrax. Another one of these threatened species that they highlight at the Benham Zoo is the red panda. Now, the red panda is not a panda. It's a close relative of the raccoon. They're excellent climbers, and it is their population which has decreased by 50% in less than 20 years. Snow leopards are also featured there at the zoo. These are beautiful creatures that are found in high mountains of Central Asia and the Himalayas and are vulnerable species. The snow leopard is a popular species at this zoo, and they are threatened in the wild by deforestation due to charcoal production and burning for pasture. The snowy owl is another threatened species. 
that's found in barren Arctic regions, it's, a, it's very vulnerable. It's thought that climate change is affecting the availability of its prey. Giraffes. There are only one species of giraffe, but there are many subspecies in the wild population. This is incredible statistic has dropped by 40% in 30 years. The Singamangs, the largest species of the gibbon family, is decreasing in the wild due to hunting destruction. Red rough lemurs are at this zoo. They are facing extinction in the wild due to destruction of their forest habitat. And finally, the Sri Lankan leopard. Native to the island of Sri Lanka, they are found in a range of habitats and their estimated population is just 800. And now this next story comes from the Asahi Shinbun, which I found online, which is in Japan, and they want you to be introduced to veteran Ueno Zookeeper, that's the name of the zoo, Ueno Zookeeper, and his name is Taruki Komiya, and he's just authored a book about his experiences at the Tokyo Ueno Zoo. And he recently published this. It's called Working in a Zoo, where he recalls his many joys and triumphs and failures with his 40-year career as a zookeeper. He was born in Tokyo, and as a toddler, he was smitten by an elephant he saw at the zoo and begged his parents to buy him clothes with an elephant motif. A zoo at night, he says, proved to be an entirely different world from the one it was during the day. After all the visitors are gone, the animals revealed their true selves. But every breakout of an animal spelled a crisis, says Camilla. On Camilla's watch, a yak unbolted, listen to this, he unbolted its cage and its, and escaped. Having uh, assumed the animal was docile, Camilla had been off guard. So this is a book that this uh, gentleman has written after being at the zoo for so many years. Finally, here is a story from the Denver Zoo. This is fairly recently, a couple of days ago, from the CBS affiliate there, Channel 4. With more than 2 million visitors a year, the Denver Zoo is the most visited cultural attraction in the state of Colorado. And uh, they are hoping to raise their admission fees. Our Vada resident, Carrie Habitat, took her 2-year-old son and 4-year-old daughter, Bailey, to the zoo for a spring break. I think that's perfectly fine, she says, about the admission increase. They have a lot of animals to take care of and need some extra money to do it. There are a lot of people moving here, said Andrew Rowan, Senior Director of External Relations at the zoo. We are serving close to 2.3 million guests a year now, and our facility is 122 years old. We do have a long list of deferred maintenance we need to catch up on. The rates would go up between $1 and $3, depending upon the age group. The proposal comes on the heels of a voter-approved bond board that gives the zoo $20 million. The Denver City Council has to approve any rate increase will take up the issue at their meeting on April the 2nd. That is our news of the day. We'll go to our three animal mystery sounds now. And the way this works is I will play three sounds from animals and you try and guess what animals these are. And later on in the episode, I'll let you know. How's that? Here is our first mystery animal sound. Okay, 
day. I think some of you who are out in the wild regularly may probably know what that is. Now, for those of you who live in the northeast of the United States, you might know what this animal sound is. Finally, here is our third mystery animal sound. sounds of the day later on the episode I'll let you know what you just listened to we've come to the section of the episode where I play you a full animal description this is lifted from one of the audiobooks from visit the zoo and today we're going to be talking about the fierce competitor on the African plane of the lion and this competitor's name is the spotted hyena we were able to have a good look at the lion, and now let's look at its bitter and constant enemy. These African hunters will take down or scavenge just about anything on four legs that run or walks on the African plain. Spotted hyena, thought of poorly by humans because of their voracious appetites and their ability to rip and tear at their prey, devouring just about all that remains. And because they hunt basically the same prey as lions, two species have been at each other's throats, literally, for all time. They can run and chase down their prey at about 40 miles per hour. They are powerful up front, but a bit weaker in the hindquarters. They are 37 to 65 inches long, 36 inches high. The males weigh 89 to 121 pounds, and the females weigh 98 to 141 pounds. If you look carefully at the last set of numbers, you will see that the females are bigger than the males. The females, young and old, are dominant over the males, young and old. They live in large communities called clans. They are social animals and communicate by making barking sounds. And they are smart, very smart. They have intelligence enough to be cunning, to figure out complicated hunting strategy and problem solving. They have been looked down upon throughout human history, but they have proved to be an adaptable and successful species. Okay, let's go back to our three animal sounds and let me see if you guessed what these animals were. First of all, let's go to the first animal sound and I'll play that for you again. And we'll talk a little bit about it afterward.
that is the cry of the bull elk. The bull elk is the largest species in the deer family, and it's found mostly in uh, North America and Eastern Asia. They average in weight 496 to 531 pounds, and they're about 4.3 feet at the shoulder high. Only the males have the antlers, and those grow to about four foot long and they weigh about 40 pounds. They gather in herds, but adult elk stay mostly in single sex groups for the entire year. During the fall, they grow thicker fur to get ready for winter and they grow their antlers in the spring and they shed them in the wintertime. Bulls have loud vocalization like the bugling that you heard. They are grazers. They feed on grasses during the summer, and when the grasses are not there, they'll feed on the bark in the winter. Okay, let's go on to our next animal sound for the reveal. sound that if you lived in the northeast United States you would know as the common loon. The adults have a large black head and their bodies are greenish purple with a bluish sheen to it. They are 27 to 36 inches in length and they have a wingspan of about 50 to 58 inches. They weigh about 7.1 to 9.0 pounds. So they're a large bird. Uh, They also have white spots around their neck and they also have those white spots on their wings and their body. Their legs are pale gray and their webbed feet are flesh colored. They have a heavy dagger-like bill and 80% of their diet are fish. They use that bill to snatch them and that comes from a variety of sources either minnows or alewife, walleye, crappie. They snatch the fish from under the water. They dive down and they grab them. And they can eat not only fish, but also small amphibians like frogs. And its song probably is the most distinctive of all the northeastern birds. It's described as a tremolo or a whale or a hoot or a yodel. It seems to also have a stable population. It's the signature bird of the American Northeast's population is estimated anywhere from 612 to 640,000 individuals. All right, this is our final mystery animal sound. Let's see if you guessed it. That is known as the barred owl, or it's also known as the hoot owl. And it's named the hoot owl because of its distinctive cry. It's native to eastern North America, and it's a very large owl. It's brown to gray in color, but they've also expanded, by the way, in range from their North American stronghold to western U.S. and up in Canada as well. They prefer mature forest, and that's where they want to live, but they also can live in 
open woodland areas as well. They're about 16 to 25 inches long and they have a wingspan of 38 to 49 inches. They weigh between one and two-thirds pounds. They nest in trees and they can lay up to two to four eggs per clutch. They eat small mammals like mice, but they also can eat amphibians, reptiles, and also smaller birds. And that is the barred owl or the hoot owl, whichever you prefer. And those are our three mystery animal sounds of the day. And we're coming to the end here of the episode, but, and this has really flown today. There's so much to be covered, but this is where we usually read a poem, or I give a quote or two about animals, and today we're going to read a poem, and this is uh, by Sarah Zilstra, and she published this in June of 2014, and the name of the poem is A Butterfly Life. As the caterpillar sleeps inside its cocoon, like a baby wrapped in her blanket, She waits and waits until she blooms into a beautiful new life. With wings of deep sapphire blue, she takes her first flight, soaring high, into the clear cornflower sky. She flutters over to perch on the pink flowers to sip the sweet nectar of pure gold. But this butterfly is daintier than a ballerina, like a leaf in the wind, but controlled, so delicate and fragile, but so free, so free, this butterfly will always be. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, but we've come to the end of this episode of Visit the Zoo, and I want to thank you Uh, Once again, for joining me, it's been a blast. I love doing these. I've said this many times, but I really enjoy talking about the animals and telling you as much as I can about as many as I can of the animals. And again, we have just released the new updated version of the Visit the Zoo Anthology. That's all 12 books and all 120 animals in one volume, and you can either get it on Kindle or in print. And the best way to find out more about it is by going to my website, my main Visit the Zoo podcast website at Zoo Animals, plural, zooanimals.info. And there you will see a picture of the cover, which is in the bottom right in a short description. All you have to do is click on it and it'll take you right to the Amazon page. Or you can go directly to Amazon and just type in the search bar up at the top, Visit the Zoo Anthology. That's all you got to do and it'll take you straight to the book. It's 410 pages, like I said, so it's quite a read, but I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. As always, I ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes and also the nine other podcast directories that we're located on. I want to thank you very much for joining me, and we'll do it again soon. Take care, have a great week, and bye for now.